grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. service, also the first Sunday of the end time, is found recorded in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Get up and go down to the potter's house, and there I will reveal my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house, and he was making something on the wheel. But the pot he was forming out of the clay was ruined as he shaped it with his hands. So the potter formed it into a different pot, whatever he saw fit to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, House of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. See, like clay in the potter's hands, that is what you are in my hands, House of Israel. One time I may say that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. But if, the, if that nation I spoke about repents of its evil, then I will relent and not bring the disaster I have planned to bring against it. Another time I may say that a nation or a kingdom is to be built and planted. But if they do what is evil in my sight by not listening to my voice then I will not bring about the good I said I would do for them. Now, therefore, say this to the men of Judah and to those who live in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Look, I am forming a disaster against you. I am devising a plan against you. Turn from your evil ways, each of you. Reform your ways and your actions. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson for or for our second lesson for our reading is found recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 14. It is verses 6 and 7 we will read. Then I saw another angel flying in the middle of the sky. He had the everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the sky, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, beginning at the fifth verse. Jesus began by telling them, Be careful that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. Whenever you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. Such things must happen, but the end is yet, is not yet. In fact, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. But be on your guard. People will hand you over to councils and will be, and will be beaten in synagogues. You will stand in the presence of rulers and kings for my sake as a witness to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. 
whenever they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand what you should say. Say whatever is given to you in that hour, because you will not be the one speaking. Instead, it will be the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the book of Revelation. It is chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. I will read these words once again. Then I saw another angel flying in the middle of the sky. He had the everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the sky, the sea, the, the sky, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there was a gentleman, it was during my first year of the ministry, he and I actually got rather close. He was 75 years old at the time. I was in my late 20s. And we went golfing, oh, for sure, every week. And especially at that time, because for the clergy, uh, golf courses offered free golfing. And so I took advantage of that. And so every couple days, I would probably go out golfing, and I usually went, and his name was Howard. Well, Howard was over at the parsonage. He was going to do some work there. And as we were walking down into the basement, he turns to me, stops, and turns to me, pulls out his wallet, and then in one of the pockets of his wallet, he pulls out a little piece of paper. And this little piece of paper, he actually cut out of a devotion book. And it had on it a Bible passage. And he said to me, Pastor, the day that I die, I want you to remember that this slip of paper is in this pocket in my wallet that I always carry with me. That is the text I want preached at my funeral. I said, Howard, I'm not going to remember this. You know, that you have it in your, in, your, in your little pocket, in your wallet. Most people, they put little messages in their Bible for their family to see and, and what kind of hymns that they want or maybe what kind of texts they would like to, to be preached on for their funeral. But in a wallet, well then from that day on, I put together a fun funeral arrangement form and I asked him to please fill it out so we could put it into his church files. <clears throat> because I'll make sure to always look in the church file, will I always think to tell the family to look into the wallet. And so to this day, I still have those church forms. And in fact, I can count on one hand the number of people who actually took me up on filling out a form in order to plan for their funeral. Usually people will say, um, I would like certain hymns, so they'll write that down. But concerning which passages to read from the Bible or each or which passage to preach on at that funeral, usually people will say, I'll leave that up to you, Pastor. But if memory serves me right, Howard was about the only one who actually chose a Bible passage. I can't tell you what it was. By the way, I ended up taking the call here, and I never did 
I was never there to conduct his funeral. But Howard will always hold a dear place in my heart. What about you? What passage would you use? What passage would you like to have preached on or read at your funeral? Which passage do you want considered as you pass on a message to your family after the Lord takes you from this life to the glories of heaven? What passage is dear, near and dear to your heart? The passage that we have before us from Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, was a section of scripture that was actually read, may have been preached on, I couldn't find, but for sure was used at the funeral of Dr. Martin Luther when he died in 1546. And these words are not words that I've ever had someone ever suggest to me that they would like to be read at a funeral. And in fact, I've never even chose these words for a funeral when asked, Pastor, you pick something. And yet these words are extremely comforting. For these words were comforting to definitely the Apostle John, who was exiled on the, the island of Patmos under the direction of the Roman Emperor Caesar. He was there because, as he specifically puts it, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. They were trying to silence him, so they had him under armed guard on the island of Patmos. And it was there that God brought those visions that John wrote down in the book of Revelation. In fact, there's quite a number of visions. In, in, in fact, there's also visions within visions. In fact, that's what our text is. It's a vision within a vision, and this is known as the vision of the three angels, and our text is the vision of the first of the three. These words are powerful and comforting because in the chapter before, chapter 13, we hear of satanic powers. We hear of Satan working within the church, yes, within the government, within the world, trying to undermine the message of Jesus Christ. And Satan, it looks like, is going to be very successful. But then we hear these words. I saw another angel flying in the middle of the sky. He had the everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He had the gospel. Now we're not told specifically what this gospel is, but the word gospel means good news. The gospel has always been that word of God which teaches us who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Who is Jesus but the very Son of God who took on human flesh? We celebrate that divine truth, especially at Christmas time. For we're not celebrating the birth of a little bitty baby who's going to have a huge impact on this earth, but we're celebrating the very Son of God who took on human flesh in order to be our Savior. And that brings us to the gospel proclaiming what he has done. And what he has done can be summed up in two words. The word righteousness and the word justice. 
We needed the very Son of God, who is the Son of Man, to keep those laws perfectly for us, so that through faith in him, his righteousness would be credited to our account. And he was righteous and perfect. And not only that, we needed a Savior who was fully God and fully man, who would suffer the justice, who would go through the justice that was needed because the punishment of sin is death. We needed a Savior who would suffer that punishment in our behalf because this is not a punishment you and I can suffer and live. And when Jesus died on the cross and three days later rose again conquering death, the victory is won. Sin's paid in full. This means everlasting life. And this is why it is called an everlasting gospel. Because only the gospel can move hearts to believe in the hope of forgiveness and the hope that heaven is our home. But that's not the only reason it's everlasting. It's also everlasting because this is a word as we heard from our gospel reading this morning. It is a word that will be preached to the ends of the earth, to all nations. It is a word that Satan himself, because it is the absolute truth, and Satan speaks uh, the language of lies, it is, it is a truth that Satan cannot defeat. He cannot stop. Oh, he will try. But the gospel will be proclaimed. God will make sure of that. And it will be proclaimed to the end of time. This is why it's an everlasting gospel. And not only that, it is a universal one. For this is a gospel for all who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Jesus is the Savior of all. He paid for the sins of all. And therefore, the beautiful gospel message is truly for all. Now this begs the question, who is the angel in this vision? If you take the words quite literally, then you're talking about an angel, a real angel, that had the gospel and brought it to the earth to be proclaimed. Which is emphasizing the fact that this gospel is a gospel that comes from God. But some take this in more of a figurative sense and some in the Lutheran Church will go so far as to say that the angel is pointing to even Dr. Martin Luther himself. For during the time when the church, it seemed like, had lost the gospel, at the time when there was such an emphasis of works in order to be saved, Dr. Martin Luther really spoke about these abuses and preached and taught even before the emperor himself having to tell him, here I stand, when it came to the gospel message itself. Because he was told to stop, but he could not stop. He would not stop preaching the truth. And we summarize that truth in what we call, really, the, the divine truths of what the Lutheran church stands on. That we live by grace alone. That our salvation is by grace alone. And this is the undeserved love of God. And that we're saved by faith alone. Not apart from any works. It is God's work that saves us. And by scripture alone. 
that our, that our rules and faith and life is not based on traditions and what anyone says or what anyone else thinks, but it's based on God's word because the Bible scripture is God's word. But then again, if you see the angel here being Dr. Martin Luther, well, then you would have to go so far as to say, well, the angel could refer to really all of us. You see, God didn't give the gospel simply to the angels to proclaim. He gave it to the church. He told his disciples to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You and I have that gospel message, not only to know and to take to heart and to believe in, but a gospel message that is to be shared, and yes, even to the ends of the earth, which oftentimes begins right within our own families. This is the gospel that cannot be closed up and sit on a shelf in order to collect dust. This is the gospel that can never, ever be hidden. It must always be proclaimed because Jesus is the Savior of all. So whether you take the angel literally or more figuratively, whether you agree that this could be talking about Dr. Martin Luther, whether you agree with that or not, two principles are definitely for certain. One is this gospel comes from God, and therefore, this gospel must never be added to, subtracted from, or changed in any way. Proclaim the pure gospel. This is why our name, by the way, is not Salem Lutheran Church. That is not our name. Our official name and we have submitted this name to the government officials themselves. We are Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. Evangelical is transliterated from the Greek, which is used right in this text. We are a church that holds to the gospel. We are a church that proclaims the gospel. That's why we are Evangelical Lutheran Church and holding to the gospel certainly motivates and empowers us to live for the Lord. And notice what the angel had to say about living for the Lord. He said in a loud voice for all to hear, because this too cannot be kept silent. He said, fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the sky, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. When you think of fearing God and you think of it in the light of the law, yes, we fear God because the law shows us our sins. It shows us that we must cry out, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, because we cannot save ourselves. That law, that fearing God brings us to our knees. But when you understand the word fear God in the light of the gospel, then it is afraid of hurting God. And when someone is afraid of hurting God, then fear is respect and honor and, yes, even glory. And give him the glory. Give him the credit that is due him. Don't rob Christ of everything he has done for you. 
He has done it to save you. This is why I speak up. And we must speak up because the Apostle Paul especially speaks up. That you're not saved by what you do. You're saved through faith in Christ in what he has done for you. And out of faithful love, you fear the Lord and give him glory. And along with it, you worship him. This is literally brings you to your knees. As we humble ourselves, recognizing we are his servants who serve the Lord Almighty. This is the Lord, it says here, who made the sky, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. I would have expected that John would have wrote, worship him because he is our Savior. But no, he points to the fact that he is our creator. And that is emphasizing our natural knowledge that God has given every person. It is not a knowledge that is complete. It is a knowledge that God has put within us to know that there is a God. This world wasn't created by accident over millions and billions of years. It was created by the Almighty God himself. And yet our natural knowledge doesn't tell us who the true God is and how we're saved by him. That's why we need the scripture and need the scripture alone. Because the scripture, unlike our natural knowledge, in other words, the written knowledge, reveals everything we need for eternal salvation. Because only in Scripture, only in the Bible, will you find the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friends, you are Christian soldiers. You are armed with the greatest and mightiest weapon that could ever be created. You are armed with the sword of the Spirit. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we gather to celebrate this Reformation, we're not celebrating simply a man who nailed 95 theses on a door and, and, a, and a man that, that we took on the name Lutheran from and eventually became the Lutheran Church. No. Reformation is a celebration of the fact that we're here to preach the gospel and preach it we will. To the glory of God. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.